Tim Ring filling in for Vinny, our great pleasure to welcome in our in-house Suns expert, the one, the only, Kellen Olsen joining us. K.O., what is happening? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, so, uh, yeah, so July 16th has passed. There's been a ton of activity, and D.A. is still here. Hit the reset button for us. What's going on? Yeah, uh, the Suns have made a, a flurry of moves, and they only have two players left from their final team now two years ago. It's a pretty wild turnaround that has happened, but I think everyone uh, agreed and thought that after the loss to Denver that severe changes were coming. I think you teased it right there. A lot of us expected it to be DeAndre, and for now he is still a part of the team. But with that, a lot, of, a lot has changed around him, including the latest trades, uh, moves that came this past weekend. Okay, let's talk about the latest moves. First, bowl, bowl. You know, when, when the Suns make a move, I always have my my own opinions that I that I formulate immediately. But then, uh, to your credit, I always start hitting refresh on the website to read your opinion. And in this particular one, you and I are usually in lockstep about ninety eight point seven percent of the time. Um, you and I were in lockstep on bowl, bowl. I don't I don't quite understand the love affair that so many people uh, on social media have with bowl, bowl. And I I understand a lot of it is just is just fans, but I, I think at best you can say the Suns have taken a flyer on Bowl Bowl, and maybe if they can, uh, and they, I mean Frank Vogel, the coaching staff, maybe even the veteran core on this team can kind of rein Bowl Bowl in and get him to kind of be a star within his role and utilize his unique skill set. Maybe he can be a, a contributor in some form or fashion. But what's the best case scenario for Bowl Bowl uh, on this? particular team uh, what's the worst case scenario for bowl bowl i think the best case scenario tim is that they channel his um i don't want to say intangible it's quite the opposite of that in fact but like his physical attributes on defense and and turn him into a plus defender on that end because if you are able to turn him into a plus defender you've got a really unique nba player just with how long he is just with how quick he is for his size he's very nimble of course he's listed at 220 pounds so he's not necessarily going to be a force down low, if you play him at the five, you're really going to have to deal with rebounding concerns, of course, but you do get a guy who could be a switchable defender, who could be a rim protector in a couple of different ways. So I think that's the hope with him. I think that part of my, not concern, but just hesitation with the move is that a lot of Bull Bull's positive attributes, if you want to call them that, call them that, or just how he's been able to contribute to games the most through his NBA career so far has been offensively, has been with his ball handling, has been with his isolation scoring, things like that. And, and that is the last thing that this team needs, or last <laughs> yes. thing that this team needs. But with that in mind, his attributes defensively could really add up to a player. And look, we're talking about a guy who played less than 350 total minutes for the Nuggets over three seasons, got one crack with the Magic, and, and then that was it. So certainly he hasn't gotten like that elite opportunity yet to play on a, on a championship caliber team like this one. So I think that's where you can look at it and say, okay, get him in your system and, and see what happens. So I understand the appeal. At the same time, going through all the moves they did in order to add him, I'm not quite sure I see it all adding up. If you were in the mood to complain about this basketball team, you might say, I don't know about about the point guard position. Where is the floor general? Uh, I know you're aware of the reports that there's been a movement to to name Bradley Beal the primary point guard. I'm curious what you think of just the position in general. Do you believe a true point guard is important in the context of this basketball team? I believe that a true point guard is, is necessary for just about every team that doesn't have offensive players like Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker on it. Usually you don't have three guys that good at basketball and three guys that 
just well-rounded as offensive players overall. So I don't, I don't really think it's going to matter one if they get a point guard the rest of the way. It's going to matter on how those three guys gel and how they balance the offense with each other. And then two, I don't think it's going to matter who is the quote-unquote point guard. I think that the report that Beal is the point guard makes sense because you still need Booker and Durant to operate in those off-ball ways that you have. You'll remember how Devin Booker led in that in that stack called points per touch, right? And he's been like a lead at it now for the last five or six years. That's because of the way that he starts possessions off the ball. You get him in a position where he can make a play in two or three seconds and, and go from there. And that's something where Bradley Beal is going to be the guy to bring the ball up in certain circumstances to set up Kevin Durant when he runs off the ball, to set up Devin Booker when he gets off the ball. And look, those guys will do it as well for Beal. But I think those are the two guys you want to set up in that situation. But with that being said, like a, uh, we here in the Valley, we, we've seen that the, the point guard that Devin Booker has evolved into. I know that point book was a thing that we just wanted to see more of four to five years ago just because it felt like one of the better ways to utilize him and maximize his skill set with what he's brought. But with all of that happening, with all of the extra time that he got on the ball over the years, and specifically the injuries to Chris Paul the last few years, we've seen that he's just really become one of the best point guards in the NBA, as well as him being the best shooting guard in the, in the league right now. So I don't really think that they need that guy specifically to challenge a defense and make sure it's being um, – really challenged, like I said, in, in certain ways. But in terms of the, the game-to-game flow, making sure everyone gets theirs, that's the kind of thing those guys are going to have to figure out and get the big fellow the ball as well. Visiting with Kellen Olsen. Kellen, let me uh, let me tap into your strength when it comes to roster engineering. Obviously, they have two uh, trade exceptions now with the trade of campaign and also the Sarich one. There's a roster spot open, but yet Matt Ishbia on with Burns and Gamble yesterday says he thinks that they're done. Uh, reconcile for me uh, their options going forward when you hear Ishbia's comments uh, and they've got still the, the, the spot and the two trade exceptions going forward here. Yeah, I think it still makes sense because you just want to enter the deadline having some assets rather than none. Like okay. you could go into the deadline and have the players on your roster, sure, to have them to trade potentially. But now if someone becomes available for that price of two, three second round picks, whatever it may be, you have that offer to give them. You have a trade exception that you can use as well. But I, I think more or less the moves that we kind of saw were just rounding out the trade deadline rather than right now. Um, specifically why I'm, I'm not sure. I, I got to be honest. I've, I've been of the opinion, and, and we talked about this last year with the Kevin Durant trade. If you're already kind of thinking about the possibility of making a trade or upgrading your team, do it now if it's available. But I'm guessing that the offers really aren't really that available, and two, that they really like their roster right now as it is, which makes sense because they've done a lot of really great stuff. But yeah, all this pick swap stuff, it's basically about a, a, accumulating those second round picks so they have at least something that they can offer teams at the trade deadline if the right name kind of comes up. And, and I think it I think it will. I, I don't think that they're going to just let those second-round picks sit around by the end of the, the trade deadline in February. You know, all this activity, the the additions, the, the mass recruiting, the pulling in a lot of good names on veterans' minimums, the recouping of second-round draft picks, all of it seems to just look like a master plan in place. Uh, it's created a lot of optimism that might, that might sort of shroud some weakness this is on this basketball team with your critical eye where might this basketball team have some soft spots i think that the number one thing for me is going to be how that 
bench develops. I, I think the word deep is being used a lot, right? How much deeper the Suns got. And I, I think that they got deeper in terms of options. But the bottom line is they just need to find the other four guys because they have the four already. They have Aiden, they have Booker, Beal, and Durant. It's can you find the other four guys, essentially. So if you're looking for that other ball handler, you've got Eric Gordon, you've got Jordan Goodwin. If you're looking for that other versatile defender, you've got Bull Bull in the mix now. You've got Tumani Kamara, you've got Ish Wainwright, you've got Jade Bates Diop. You're looking at the backup five. That's where Bull Bull factors in again. You got Eubanks, you got Metsu, and then you've got the shooter aspect of it. That's where Eric Gordon factors in. That's where Yuta Watanabe goes, and that's where Damian Lee goes. So you've got more options, but the bottom line is you're still looking for four to five guys more by the end of the year, and I, I think not necessarily the weakness, but just the reality of their situation is that we can't say with certainty those four to five guys are going to be there. Like, in theory, I think they will be, to be clear, and if I had to guess, I think they will find those guys and they'll be fine in terms of a bench, but we just don't know, and, and that's the the bottom line right now, because now with all of these trades done, I believe that it is just four max salaries and minimums, and that's it. So that is what their that is what their salary situation is, and it, it kind of tells you correctly in terms of reliability what you can expect from them going forward. And we'll just have to wait and see. Like the regular season, I know people are like, just give me to the playoffs already. All I care about is if this team wins a championship or not. There's going to be a lot of important developments over the course of the regular season, not only the point guard thing we mentioned, but who gets those four to five spots as well. No doubt. Great stuff as always, KO. Thank you for joining us this morning as always. Awesome, dude.